Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Welcome to our third podcast of our series on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Last week, we spoke about leadership strategies and how to benchmark where you are so you can develop a diversity, equity, and inclusion plan that is sustainable. This week, we have a Q&A session of questions, and once again, we are joined by Rico Rice, the president of Rice Education Consulting, LLC, also known as Redcon. They are an organizational development firm providing training, coaching, and strategic planning that facilitates the development of the most important assets, people, and culture. Now, Rico is a respected trainer and facilitator in the areas of social justice, diversity and inclusion, healthy masculinity, college planning, and leadership development. He is also a graduate of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program. Thank you for joining me again, Rico. Hey, thanks for having me. I should have your bio memorized by now. This is the third time out. <laughs> um, so let's let's start off. I'm sorry. It seems like it's longer and longer every time you have to say it, right? <laughs> uh, no, but you're you're well accomplished and you're um, well qualified to to talk on these topics. So let's start um, the Q and A first with talking a little bit about your experience and the questions that you typically hear. So. When you're talking to uh, new business owners who are looking to start a program, what are the top two questions that you hear? Yeah, so um, before before we talk about the top two questions, I think I want to take some time just to kind of paint the picture of how how those individuals are feeling. Top, a lot of times, uh, these individuals are coming to me with a high level of uncertainty and then um, maybe even fear, right? Um, so. They're uncertain as to, and that's how we get our first question, where do we start, right? So there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, I was talking to a potential client um, yesterday, and um, it's an organization out on the West Coast, and they're looking to potentially start up some affinity groups and to really jump into um, this D&I space, but the structure's not there, right? So helping them understand where do we start, how do we make this more than just because we care and because we know this is the right thing to do. How do we get it to a place to where we're able to um, speak to leadership about it, get buy-in from all different stakeholders, not only stakeholders that have a similar demographic than us, but also those who can be potential allies and advocates as well. So there's a lot of uncertainty in, um, as it relates to how do we start. Um, and then there's also the fear of what if this doesn't work, right? And so um, that's a very big fear for a lot of organizations. Um, there is a significant investment that comes with this. And, you know, my response is what happens if you don't do anything, right? Um, you have these individuals that are made up of all different types of identities. Um, they're, they're feeling a certain way. So at least saying that you've done something is better than not doing anything, but we're also confident that we can, lead you and guide you on the right path to make sure that to uh, have those tangible results and really to drive the culture shift that you're hoping to achieve. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And so for our listeners' benefit, we did talk in our very first podcast about the benefits of a DEI plan. So if you did not hear that, go on back to that. So besides, you know, wanting to do the right things, there are a ton of other tangible benefits. Now, um, fear and uncertainty can incapacitate some of the best people. So I'm glad you brought that up. I'm really glad that you brought that up, that that's, you know, the first thing that they're feeling about when they come to you with these questions. So from that, I would say that the people who approach you certainly don't have all the answers and just, you know, clearly if they did, they would not be approaching you at this point. So that's, that's good to know that you're open and welcoming to them in a manner that they can express what those concerns are. I know as a business owner, sometimes, you know, if I'm having a problem in a certain area, I'm a little bit reluctant to talk to everybody about it. Absolutely. Uh, For sure. So let's go ahead and jump into the Q&A portion. So one of the questions that came in is, is a company EEO statement enough? And if I understand correctly, EEO is equal opportunity uh, employment. Or I might have that backwards. I'll let you explain it. Yeah. uh, I think it's a good start. However, I don't think it's enough. I think um, a statement is just a statement, right? It's just words on a piece of paper. I think what's more important is the actual plan and then proof of execution of that plan. Um, I think that by itself, it's a, it's a good start, but I think there's a lot more to it. It's about execution. It's about implementation and it's about supporting and constantly evaluating um, the statement and having a plan to hold that statement accountable. So in the short, no, but there are some benefits to it. Okay. And uh, another question that we had was, can you differentiate diversity and inclusion? And there's a follow-up statement to that that says, I think that most of my team hears diversity and assume it means racial diversity. Yes. So uh, diversity, I I define diversity as just difference or variations. And inside of an organization, we're talking about variations of different identities. Um, such as what we consider the master identity, such as race, sex, sex and gender, sexuality, religion, age, and social class, right? Those are just the lenses in which oftentimes we initially interpret our world. So either we're looking at it from a racial lens or from a, um, our, our, our gender lens or from our sexuality lens or from our religious beliefs or our age or the amount of money we have. Those are how we kind of interpret our world. Um, so, Diversity in that in that sense is just difference in those things, and um, you can be an individual who has has multiple identities. So it doesn't just necessarily it doesn't mean race. Oftentimes that's the default, and that's a big barrier when you're trying to um, have these discussions. Is because we've been taught so long not to talk about race, right? It's easier to talk about maybe um, age or 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 gender or even sexuality but it's very hard to really talk about race. Um, So the thing with race is that it can be, it can be quantified, right? We can look inside of organization. I'm sorry, not race. The thing with diversity is that it can be quantified. So we can look inside of organization and count and say how many people that of this race or how many people of this gender or how many people of this sexuality or religion. Um, And so it can be measured via sensing. Um, 
inclusion is, is, is quite different. And also I want to make sure that I make note that people are not diverse, right? An organization can be diverse, but people are not diverse. Um, inclusion is a, is a feeling, right? It's a, it's a feeling of how those individuals inside of an organization feel, right? Um, an organization can have a lot of diversity, meaning a lot of variation of race, gender, but their inclusion could be low, right? So those individuals of different races or different genders or different sexualities don't feel as though they're a part, then they, the organization doesn't really have inclusion. So um, inclusion is a feeling and it involves how though it involves being supported, it involves the idea of feeling belong. It also involves the idea of being able to be authentic and do your best work in a transparent way. Um, therefore, because you can't really just go around through self-identification and, and measure and measure inclusion in the same way, it's a little bit harder to measure, but there are some ways in which you can gather um, how inclusive an organization is. So to recap and make sure I understand, diversity is the variations within a group. Okay, that one's really straightforward. That kind of goes back to almost mathematical and geometry type, <laughs> type things. Um, and inclusion is more about emotion. Do I feel welcome? Do I feel safe? Do I feel like my opinions matter? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Um, our next question um, talks a little bit more about inclusion as well. If I were to survey my employees on whether they felt the culture at my company is inclusive, what would be the type five questions I need to ask? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think a lot of it focuses around feelings and emotions. So um, some of the questions I would be asking is, uh, do you feel as though you belong right, within the organization? Um, do you feel as, as though you can be yourself at work? Um, how often have you held back in, in, on an idea, comment, or concern for fear of being ridiculed? I think a lot of times um, when we don't feel as though we belong or we're accepted, we kind of hold back uh, for fear of being ridiculed. So that's a, a good way of understanding and asking that question and getting some feedback. Um, do you feel supported by leadership and coworkers? I think that's another important question. And then the last one kind of going on what I asked about how how often have you held back is also how do you how do you feel that your input is considered? Do you feel as though your input is considered when decisions are being made? Right. So um, I mentioned a lot about different identities um, when I define diversity. But another piece of diversity is also cognitive diversity and and your thinking. And I think oftentimes that as a result of some of our identities, um, we may think different. So how, how is your input? How are you valued? A lot of times when organizations that are having troubles with inclusion and you, you go in and you have interviews with certain people and they say, well, every time I bring up an idea, it's shot down or I can say something and someone else of a different identity can say the same thing and their idea is championed and it, people are like, I didn't just say that before. So those are all, um, instances where inclusion may be lacking. Interestingly enough, I've actually experienced that. And that was when I participated on a board of directors for an organization, which I will not name. But I, I felt like every time or the very vast majority of the times that I had asked for things, you know, made comments on things that 
my opinions were challenged almost to the point of ridicule. Yeah. And that was a very uncomfortable feeling. Got it. Got it. Our next question is relative to interview. So interview questions to assess a potential manager's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion are a must. It can be tricky asking about values questions, asking those values questions without unintentionally getting information about protected classes. Do you have any suggestions on how to evaluate the candidate's commitment to your DEI plan? Uh, yeah, I think um, one of the first things I like to ask folks or um, individuals kind of ask, I ask my clients sometimes, like, what are, what, what's important to you? What are your most important values, right? Um, I ask that of leadership. And then also, what are the company's values? So in this case, if we're interviewing a manager, just understanding what their values are as, as a person. You know? um, I think that it's an open-ended question. It, it, it allows, it's a good place to start a conversation. And then once we get into the conversation, then I'll ask something like, how do you ensure that everyone on your team feels included? So just kind of getting some ideas and some thoughts about how they include individuals on, in, in our team. Um, and then kind of narrow it down to some DEI specific questions, like what does DEI, what's the diversity, equity, and inclusion mean to you specifically? All right. So when you hear those words, what come to mind, what images come to mind? Um, those are other ways to ask the same question. And then uh, from there, what opportunities have you had working and collaborating in diverse, multicultural, or inclusive settings? So um, allowing them to share whether that's volunteering or whether they were a part of certain groups um, in previous employment or um, background, being a part of teams growing up or other activities where there was some inclusion and diversity and multiculturalism. You can kind of get some, some feedback there. And then I think this is the big one to me is more behavioral is uh, describe a situation in which you've encountered a conflict with a person from a different cultural background than yours, how did you handle that situation, right? And there we can really start to see some of the behaviors around it. And also if someone um, says they haven't had that experience or they never have conflict, then that would be a red flag to me, you know? Um, <laughs> I try to walk an inclusive path, but I still make mistakes. And I think that anyone that says they're, they don't make mistakes in this arena. It's not telling the full truth. So I, I would uh, really spend some time asking some of those behavioral questions. Um, or how would you handle a dispute between two individuals that are having issues of difference that may be centered in some of those um, di diverse realms? So conversations and questions regarding behaviors and ways to respond is a good place that where I would center my questions with the potential manager. That's really great um, feedback. I, I know you had said on one of our other podcasts that the commitment starts at the top and down. So if you're hiring managers and you have that DEI program and that's your mindset, I know you want them to be in alignment with the program that you have going on and be able to contribute to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, Mid-level managers are where it's it's the place inside of an organization, especially 
a multi-tiered larger organization is where either the program is going to strive or or not, right? So obviously leadership is, is going to set the direction. If you have a some good leadership, they're going to set the direction. They may set the budget, but it's going to be those managers who's going to be responsible for day-to-day management accountability and implementation and holding everybody accountable. So um, it's very important that your managers buy in and also model the behaviors that you want to see within your organization. Absolutely. Um, now, those are the that's the end of our questions. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add into our conversation today? Um, just the idea that it's okay not to know everything. It's not okay not to do anything. So I think it's important for individuals and organizations to take some type of action, right? Um, find find a cause and remember the three T's of time, talent, and treasure, right? And constantly work on yourselves. It's okay not to, to still make mistakes. I, I still make mistakes. Um, people on my team still make mistakes, but we're aware of it. And when we do make mistakes, we try to apologize and, and, and learn from our mistakes. Um, but it's important to, to do something. These are very, it's a very important time. And so um, this is not the time to be a spectator, right? It's the time to be on the field and, and making change happen. And everyone who's listening to this podcast and everyone who you know has some ability to affect change is not bigger than you. So bottom line, participate, have conversations, even when they're uncomfortable, uh, have some measure of humility when you make mistakes, acknowledge it. And apologize and work towards driving it, you know, from the top down. Absolutely. Perfect. So Rico, how can people reach out today to you if they would like to reach out to you after this podcast? Yeah. So uh, my email is R-I-C-O at Rice, R-I-C-E, education, consulting, that's I-N-G, consulting.com. I'm on LinkedIn as Rico Rice. And we're also on Facebook as Rice Education Consulting. And if I'm not mistaken, you're in Cincinnati, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're based in Cincinnati, Ohio. We have satellite offices in Washington, D.C., um, Las Vegas, Nevada, and um, in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. So that tells me you also work across the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have clients in Washington, D.C., Minneapolis, um, all through Ohio, um, Michigan, um, all, all over the country, Georgia. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Rico, for your time. I appreciate it. I know you've taken, you know, three, three, three different times to, to meet with me, actually a couple more than that to, to, to work through, um, our podcast and bring this valuable information to our listeners. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Um, I hope I was able to add value to your listeners and to your podcast. This was a great opportunity. Um, Thank you and look forward to working with you again in the future. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.